Knights turn a man advantage into a big three points. Avondale put four past Dandy City. Heidelberg come from behind against Green Gully. And Branson gets done for being a grub. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Match Week 4 episode of The Semi-Pro Potty. Branson, 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 Gibson, welcome to another week of the semi-pro potty and oh. NPL Victorian football. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. I'm I'm very glad that we have this opportunity to talk all things NPL Victoria. Uh, the listeners won't, won't know it, but we did go through a lot to get this recording up and running. We've uh, encountered technical difficulties, but we've persevered and we've overcome. I feel like there's almost a drinking game for our podcast, which is every time they announce that there have been technical difficulties, because I feel like it's more often than not. But look, if you um, (laughs) pay peanuts, you get monkeys, and we are indeed monkeys at making podcasts. Um, Branson. (laughs) Great saying, I guess. Let's jump into your favourite segment, a bone of contention segment for me this week, the kit bag segment. And before we get into what we're both wearing, Branson Gibson, I called you out on Instagram last week for being nothing short of a ruddy grub. Because as you know, we have not got the largest follower base on Instagram or Twitter. We're very niche and very proud of it. So for someone to vote for themselves in the kit bag poll through the Avondale social media account, their own personal social media account, and the semi-pro potty's own Instagram account. Would you describe that as grubby? Because I would. No, I wouldn't. Not, not in the slightest. And for the record, if we remove all three of those votes, I still would have come out on top. Precisely. So, I, so you don't and, even need to be a grub. But at, at your core, at your heart, you are a massive whoa. grub and you know it. Hang on, hang on. There's more than one person who has access to the Avondale's uh, Instagram account, so you have no proof that it was me who did the voting. I hazard to guess between you and Dimmy, it's you. So I have a feeling I'm just going to throw it out there. It could be Russian hackers. Could be. Oh, God. Could it's, be. You've, you've, you've got about a million defences that would stand. That's not one of them. <laughs> actually, that would be. I would actually welcome that. If Russian hackers took over our semi-pro potty account, I'd be really happy with that. I think it would be quite yeah. entertaining. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, We've been to Russia, so why not? Yeah, it would be on brand. Um, do you know what is on brand? What? Some good kits in the kit bag segment. Ooh. Let's jump into it. Brand, Absolutely. I'm going to kick it off because I like this kit. It's not my kit. Again, I've stolen it from you, but I'm really happy with it. Socceroos home jersey with Cahill on it. Absolutely iconic. Do you want to know what I love about wearing this kit? What? I never got Cahill on the back of a Socceroos jersey, and I still lament it to this day. Like, he is just by far one of our best players, and I never had Cahill on a kit. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. He's iconic, sort of, you know, the prime Socceroos of a generation, you know, um, part of the golden era and then sort of not lingered around but carried that going forward. Uh, The jersey as well, it's got – it's the 06 World Cup jersey. It's got patches on it as well. So Cahill on the back, patches on the side. It's a good one. Iconic kit. Very good. Um, Bran, what have you got on this week, though? Because you've got something niche and shit, really, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> it's actually so not shit. You say it's shit, then you smile and mute yourself. Anyway, uh, it's a great kit. I'm wearing a kit from one of my favourite football clubs, the Forest Green Rovers. Uh, they're the vegan club in the UK, part owned by Hector Bellerine. This is their third kit. So it's got uh, it's blue. It's made out of bamboo which is fantastic, and then it's got a funky design on it that is meant to look like the Sea Shepherd's ship, the Steve Irwin, uh, Sea Shepherd being one of the sponsors of Forest Green Rovers. So is the Sea Shepherd, like, harboured out in Port Melbourne or something? No, uh, Williamstown? Maybe. Don't know. I've seen, there, is, there, is a, there is a ship out there <laughs> that is uh, yeah, yeah, great. No, this is the um, crossover um, podcast um, between NPL Victoria football and like vessels on the ocean. <laughs> I'm sure that some Sea Shepherd vessel at some stage has been to Melbourne. But anyway, uh, so it's a great kit, uh, made out of bamboo, made out of plants, fantastic. Vegan club, great kit, love it. 
it's blue. It's fantastic. Big fan. I'm very proud of that for you, Branson. Very proud of that. Now, we have also got another part you, of the show that we're starting to introduce, which is about a week ago, we found out that we have reviews, um, which we just didn't know existed. Oh, um, so, we put a call out last week and as as is our want, I think, uh, read out a couple of reviews. So, we've got one from Laura, long-time fan of the show, one of our favourites. Um, title. Avid listener, five stars. Oh, wow. I love the, I love the intro. Long-time listener, first-time reviewer, exclamation mark, strong. Um, <laughs> Will and Branson's chemistry and love of the game comes alive through the speakers as they review and preview the wonderful league that is the NPL. Absolutely agree. The hilarious banter back and forth between these two friends always makes me laugh. I love it when they put each other's knowledge to the test. And Branson, you will always have the better kid of the week. Keep up the good work, guys. Yeah. P.S. Fantastic. Not over yet. P.S. Still waiting oh. for my signed and framed photo that was promised two birthdays ago. Oh, was it? Oh, no. Oh, well, we better make that uh, happen. Yeah. So, Laura, wow. thank you very much for the review. Really appreciate it. And um, if it's any consolation, I reached out to Laura on Instagram and asked which of our kit bag photos was her favorite. She sent it to me, and I've since walked past two office works and thought I should probably go in and get that photo printed and framed. So, the thoughts there, it'll yeah. eventually reach you at some point in some future. Who knows? But right. excellent to get reviews. We just actually genuinely love feedback. Even if you don't want to leave a review, just send us a message on Twitter or. I think we have a I think we have a podcast email address, show at semipropotty.com, but whether or not one of us checks it, sure who knows. Well, send them through. <laughs> well, we didn't check our reviews for a year, so we've probably got what three hundred and sixty odd days before we have to check it. That'd be, yeah, great. be great. Who knows how many are in maybe, there? Maybe we do anyway. maybe we do um similar to how like uh the A League does themed rounds for things. Maybe we do the email round where we check our email account once a year. Yeah, sounds good. And then each week we can check a different platform. Oh, yeah. We've right. got multiple platforms. Um, on the topic of yep. platforms, Branson, this is a, a great yep. platform for us to segment into our review part of the show. Cool. So let's turn our attention because we had some really interesting fixtures this weekend that produced very interesting. And let's be honest, we'll get it into the tipping section. We didn't pick any of them pretty much. So... Friday night, we went back to where it all started. The first game we ever went to as a podcast was Dandenong City hosting Avondale. Branson, talk us through this one because we both went. We loved it. It was genuinely one of those ripper nights of NPL football. Yeah, it really was. It was fantastic. Uh, we got to Dandenong just in time to see the sunset, which was always very nice. You got some great photos. I don't know if you've shared them yet. Anyway, some great photos of the sun setting with uh, – over the the backdrop or whatever with Dandy City's field and everything in the foreground, which was fantastic. So it looked good. The weather was good and the football was good. Uh, first half, not the most exciting half. Uh, Avondale took the lead. Liam Boland scored a penalty. He still has not missed one in the entire history of the podcast. So uh, uh, that's good. That's that's a good trick. We can't claim. We can't claim any benefit for that man like where uh, uh, it's tenuous but uh i mean we will anyway uh so avondale went up inside five minutes through the through that penalty one nil at half time not the most exciting half avondale though they really sort of put their the foot down in the second half they had a stellar 15 minute period yusuf ahmed scored stefan valentini scored and christian trajeski scored it was four nil uh, Danny City, they did get a consolation goal late, uh, again through a penalty. Nick Kalmar converted from the spot. It ended at 4-1. But, mate, there was five goals in this one. One of them in particular is certainly worth talking about. The strike from Stefan Valentini, mate. We, oh, what a goal and what a goal to see live. It was fantastic. Do you know what's also really good about that goal is – it was amazing live, but when you watch it, it the footage is being shot from behind him. Mm. So you directly see, like, how well hit that shot was. And yeah. then it's like, pings into the top corner. Yeah. I loved it. 30 yards out on the run, unleashes, uh, oh, what would you call it, a rocket? I don't think rocket does it justice, but it just flies from his foot in the top corner. Absolutely fantastic strike. Uh, 
we were there. It's the kind of one where you see him running with the ball and you yell, shoot, and then he shoots and it goes in. You're like, wow, that was pretty bloody spectacular. So that was definitely uh, the pick of the bunch for the goals. Uh, If you haven't seen the highlight, check it out because the camera angle really does do it justice. Uh, Fantastic goal, fantastic strike, and overall, mate, uh, a pretty good performance from Avenel. They wouldn't be too impressed with the first half, but the second half, you know, they really sort of kicked it up a gear uh, and took control of the game. And a 4-1 win over Dandy City, coming off a loss, good win to have for, for Dandenong, though. On the flip side, not entirely unsurprising. They have struggled early. They do find themselves on the bottom of the table. Avondale, yeah. you know, they would have been optimistic for a point, but... Uh, I don't think this result was was too surprising in the end, even though we did tip a draw. Uh, what did you think of it overall? Yeah, though, look, it was one of those ones where I tipped a draw on the podcast, and then when I got there, I just felt like it was a 3-1 to Avondale win, like maybe an early penalty or an early snatched goal by Dandy City. But, yeah, they just didn't feel out of control of the game at any point, Avondale. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was just a great night at the football. Like, honestly... Uh, we saw Sasha Ognanovsky walking around. He looks pretty tense. I think he knows there's a lot of pressure on him now to turn it around. Um, but, yeah, there's not a lot of good signs coming out of Dandy City. But on the other side, I was talking to uh, friends at work about Avondale. And I was just like, they're, they're just not hitting their stride yet. And I think this is a really good performance to maybe give them a bit of a sort of a boost for what is going to be a ripper fixture this weekend against the Knights. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the Knights, mate, let's jump into the next game because the Knights had a huge win on Friday night as well. They took on Hume City and boy, oh boy, did they come away big time victors. Tell me about this one, mate. Yeah, this was a weird one because it was a very close match until a very significant point in it. Like, There are times where we watch games and red cards and penalties and stuff don't, like these match events don't actually change the course of a game, but it was a really tight and close first half. The midfield was tight with this. This was a game of just like a not a lot of space in midfield and two teams that were kind of both up for it. Um, So while there are a couple of sort of chances to each team in the first half, the absolute changing point in this game was Benjamin Bowler picking up a second yellow out on the touchline. Slides in, gets him late. It's a definite second yellow, and he gets sent off. From there, Knights absolutely capitalised on their man advantage. Um, there were goals from Mikulic, Albano, and then the third goal by Samaro uh, capped off three in the second half. Samaro's goal was probably the best of the bunch, and it was just one of those performances where pretty much all three of those goals came from having extra space in midfield, you know, that gave them space to play decisive passes, to push forward, to put more pressure on, which led to goals. Um, and they were, Knights looked really good in their attacking third. Um, it's weird because obviously we always credit Hume with being quite good across the park, but it was amazing how much that man advantage to Knights gave them. Uh, I was really impressed with how they managed to capitalise on it. It's a big, big three points for Knights, like if you look at that fixture in terms of we've been talking about our Knights serious finals contenders at the moment, Hume we know are probably going to be in the pointy end. Um, a 3-0 win, it's great for goal difference, it's great for points. Knights, really impressive. And Bran, I wanted to throw to you, ahead of Avondale having a 3-0, uh, a 3-goal win, what about Knights having a 3-goal win as well? How does that make you feel ahead of this yeah, Saturday's I- fixture? Well, from an Avondale point of view, uh, putting my Avondale hat on, uh, very nervous, very nervous. always get nervous when we play the Knights. Uh, From a neutral point of view, though, super, super excited for this one. This is going to be mega. That win for the Knights takes them back to top of the table as well. Three wins, one loss. Uh, That one loss was to St. Albans, which was uh, pretty crazy because that was the free kick where the goalkeeper was out outside the box, and then the Saints happened to score somehow from the free kick. So their one loss was pretty ridiculous anyway. Uh, so they're in, they're in great form uh, against another team who we think are going to be very, very good in Hume. It was pretty even up until the red card, but then the way they just sort of really took the game by the scruff of the neck and then buried Hume. Like, they didn't just get one and sort of sit back and content with, an, you know, a victory. They went on 
uh, and they put three. Uh, Samara's goal I thought was fantastic, a lovely curling effort from the top of the box. Bang that in. The Knights look very, very, very good. I uh, I do like it when the Knights are up and about. Uh, I think it's good for the league. I think it's exciting. And so far, mate, they look the goods. But on the flip side, talking about Hume real quick, they have struggled to start off the season. I Again, we're only four games in. But if we have a look, they drew against Altona. At the time, we thought that was okay. Um, they, uh, But Altona blew a couple of chances. Anyway, sorry. So drew against Altona. Uh, they drew against Green Gully. They beat Dandy City and now they've lost to the Knights. So, like, there's not – I mean, their one win was against Dandy City who were bottom, so they haven't really hit their stride yet. I still think that they'll, uh, you know, come good towards the yeah. end of the season. But the Knights are flying and Hume, Hume struggling a little bit, mate. What do you think? Yeah, look, it's one of those ones where I think we expected the same from what we saw in the first couple of rounds of last cancelled season from Hume. And they're maybe just not hitting – that form at the start of the season. I don't think it's, I'm not concerned because I think they are a genuine contender, but uh, time will tell. Time will tell. Look, maybe if by the 10th round, they're still sort of languishing round seventh to 10th, then maybe there's a real sort of chance that they won't live up to our expectations, but they've still got a good squad and I think I've still got it in them. But yeah, man, that just, that three goal win to the Knights against Hume really took me by surprise. Yeah, it was a, a bit of a surprising result, big result. Another big result, though, came in the Heidelberg Green Gully game, mate. You had a look at this one. Green Gully 1, Heidelberg 2. Tell me about it. It's just one of those, like, almost textbook games between Green Gully and Heidelberg where Alex Salmon does what he does best. He scores just before the halftime break, gives Green Gully a 1-0 lead, and you're like, that's... Pretty on brand. It was a great goal as well, by the way. Near post flick on header. Love it. Love it a lot. Um, but honest to God, how many times do Burgers do this? You know, they are 1-0 down. It's a close game up against a good green gully squad. And they just, second half looked outstanding. They just, they don't ever give up. And there was a ripper chance to make it 1-1 pretty early on in the second half. It was 1-1. It was chipped over the bar. But then Mikaleef would stumble one in from close range, not one of the goals of the round in a round that had some real goals of the season contenders. Um, and then Luka Nikovic would come off the bench and score what would end up being the winner. Um, but there were definitely chances for Green Gully. I think Green Gully, uh, particularly Poliak, will be pretty angry that he didn't finish. I think he had maybe two good chances in the sort of last 20 minutes of the second half. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that Green Gully, it was a close game and Green Gully got the lead, and then Heidelberg just, man, they do it. They just never give up. They got two goals. Probably could have been a 2-2 draw on balance of play, and that would have been fair. But, mate, it's a come-from-behind win against a genuine rival this season in Green Gully against Heidelberg. So massive, I think, three points for Heidelberg. Yeah, definitely. And we saw against Altona, they came from behind. They were 2-0 down and... A player down, and they do came it. back like, to bring I think it up in there. The three seasons uh, we've been covering, yeah. NPL, they just do it. Like it's, I don't know how you coach it, but like yeah. we thought yeah. they were going to struggle losing Harry Noon, but you know they're still getting goals, and man, it doesn't seem to be too bad. Up at Heidelberg, no, and I mean like it's their first win of the season, and it really sort of changes. Not everything, but it really sort of reinvigorates them. Uh, they, it puts them up to seventh on the table. Again, it's only four weeks in, so the table doesn't really matter too much. But for them, it, it's a lot better than sitting yeah. in 12th. You know, it sort of changes the outlook. First win on the board, another come from behind victory, as you said. Uh, really good for them. Uh, for Green Gully, unfortunate, I guess. You know, but coming off the back of Avondale, that was a fantastic win. Uh, and then you've yeah, got, but I don't, no, think, a, I don't think they'll be disappointed because it was a good performance nonetheless. Again, I think if Poliak buries a couple of chances, it was that one-on-one yeah. chance that was chipped over the ball. Like, like this, this really could have been a different score. God, I hate saying stupid things on yeah. this podcast, but if more goals had gone in, the scoreline would have been different. <laughs> Go with that. Yeah, definitely. But, but um, you know, for, for Grant Gully, before we move on to the next game, it's just a missed opportunity to, for them to really capitalise on that fantastic win at Avondale. You know, six points from games at Avondale and at home to Heidelberg. You would be so happy with that. 
three points from those two, you know, while it's still good, it, it, it's not as exciting. Yeah. Um, had they won, they would have stayed on top. You know, they, they I mean, they still sit second uh, and it's only their first loss of the season. So we're not ringing any alarm bells for anyone here, but it's, you know, mate, good result. what else was a good result? And probably not considering these are two teams that we probably thought at the start of the season would be languishing in the lower half of the table. But Eastern Lions and Daniel Thunderbrand, what was the score in this one? And tell us about it. Yeah, well, it was the Dandenong Thunder getting their first win of the season. A lot of teams getting their first win of the season this round, I've noticed. Uh, 2-1 victors over the Eastern Lions. This was a good, even game of NPL football. Uh, You know, two teams sort of down the bottom. It wasn't dull. It wasn't just boring or, you know, it, it, it seemed competitive and it seemed entertaining. Uh, the Lions coming off the back of their first ever NPL win. They picked up where they left off, uh, took the lead early on, thanks to a, a lovely leaping header from Sean Kenny. Fantastic cross as well. Uh, the Lions went into the break ahead, but it didn't last. Uh, Dandenong equalised through a penalty from Nahu Bernada in the second half. Uh, not long after they took the lead, thanks to a ripper strike from Ali Suleimani. Edge of the box, curling first-time shot, beat a leaping Coulter in goals for the Eastern Lions. Uh, great goal, great hit. Uh, another fantastic goal, ripper goal that we've seen so far this week. Uh, just a great, great finish. And for Dandenong City, their first win of the season, Eastern Lions couldn't really find a way to equalise. Once they went behind, they sort of struggled to create chances and it didn't really feel like they were going to go on and get that second goal. So full credit though to Dandenong Thunder there. It is a little bit of a reality check for the Lions after their first ever NPL win. You know, you know, it just sort of goes, hey, you know, it is a tough league and against a Dandenong Thunder team who were winless coming into it, you know, you still got to play well to get the three points. And I thought Eastern Lions did play well, but they, you know, were unfortunate to lose. Dandenong Thunder, I thought, played better. Their first win of the season, as I said. Uh, they've looked good in patches this season, but I thought this was a strong performance performance, sorry, overall and throughout for like the full 90 minutes. I thought they looked yeah, pretty Yeah, I think good. I will say though, I am impressed by Eastern Lions. So I think I was really expecting them yes, to sir. be shipping a lot of goals, really be struggling. And obviously we saw that first round. I think that was a heavy defeat. But ever since then, what they got the win over South and they've been really tight. Like their games have been close. Um, it was a, just, sorry, just a, it was a draw against South and a win. That was the four. one. Yeah, that's, I was just testing yeah. you when you passed. Well done. Yeah, um, that's it. No, no so it. look, I've, as much as they got zero points here, I think, Man, they're just not shipping goals. Like, it's one of those ones where I'm now more concerned about if you look at the people that are around them, Dandy City are shipping goals and there's not a lot of positives coming out of there. Whereas I actually think, like, Eastern Lions, Mm. they've rectified their start to last season that was called off. And there's that they kind of seem to be going forward, whereas I think Dandy City may be going back a bit. So, um, I'm really impressed with Eastern Lions. It's a weird thing to say. Uh, Dan and Thunder were great and we always thought that they were going to struggle. Um, this season, and they're proving us wrong. I think they're playing some really good football, and they're keeping it tight, and it's not all bad. Yeah, and it, and it was a game of two halves. You know, oh, was Eastern it? Lions oh, were yeah. probably was the better. Was, was this was. the only it game was. of the round that was two halves? Because I swear I saw two halves in the Avondale game too. Wow, no, mate, mate, you you oh, weren't paying sorry. attention. There was oh, definitely shit. three halves yeah. in that one. Pull your pull Correct. your head in. Uh, I thought Eastern Lions were on the front foot in the first half, and the second half belonged to Denny Thunder and. The Thunder did better in converting those chances and, and getting all three points. Do you know who also got all three points? Oakley oh. Cannons against Altona, which, you know, yeah. probably wasn't a tasty fixture until Altona had a little bit of a busy off-season. So talk us through this one, Brent. Well, uh, we were talking before of the trend of teams getting their first win of the season. Another one here, Oakley's first win of the season. Uh, the Cannons had most of the chances in the first half, they opened up the scoring late on in the first half with a cannon of a strike from Joe Knowles. Uh, tenuous pun slash link there, but I'll roll with it. it uh, not as good as uh, Hammerhead Port Melbourne. Anyway, moving on. Joe Knowles, fantastic <laughs> strike. Absolutely fantastic strike. Blasted it home from the top of the box 
Altona keeper Chris Oldfield never had a chance. I, I always enjoy when a striker has a shot and the goalkeeper just doesn't move. It just flies into the back of the net. Goalkeeper doesn't move. Uh, that's exactly what happened in this time. Just Absolute watching it sail in. I do love it. It is one of the best visions yeah. in football. Oh, definitely. And it was a fantastic goal. Not sure if it has the legs over the Valentini one, but it's pretty darn close. And we've seen some fantastic goals this weekend. That is right up there. Uh, so Oakley up 1-0 at the half. Knowles had another chance right at the end of the match to net his second uh, one-on-one chance, but it was well saved by Oldfield. Uh, overall, mate, though, it was a disappointing result for Altona. It's only their first loss of the season, but they're still winless after four games. Uh, you know, we've spoken a lot about some of their acquisitions and the rejigging that they've done in that squad. A lot of big-name players really has not started off well. Uh, doesn't sound too bad as well when you say it's their first loss and they've had three draws, but I think it's the nature of those performances have not been great. You know, 2-0 up against Heidelberg. Uh, with a player advantage, and they blow it. Uh, they drew against Avondale, but only because Avondale had nine men. Uh, the only slightly impressive game was the first one against Hume, when I think it was Nicolas Sete missed two tap yeah. But uh, they were nowhere in this game. They didn't have a single shot in the second half against Oakley in this one as well. And, mate, huge repercussions here. Chris Gleason, friend of the pod. He has mm-hmm. been on before. He... Is, Magisterial uh, source of NPL news. Absolutely. Uh, he was reporting earlier this week. I haven't seen any follow-up, but uh, we'll take his word on it, that uh, Altona manager John Markowski has apparently been sacked four games well, in. Four games in and they've pulled the trigger. Uh, we haven't been impressed by him. They have not been impressive. Uh, but that's a big call So so early on in the season. Uh, didn't see that one coming. Apparently, though, according to to Chris Gleason, now nothing has been confirmed, and I haven't seen or heard anything else here. But apparently, a two time championship winning manager, A League winning manager, Ooh. is linked with the job. Apparently, who would have won two um, championships as a manager? Well, well, two names come to mind, and both are massive. Uh, oh, I don't know if they were both as a manager. Sorry. Uh, Scott Miller, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Hang on, did he win two? Oh, maybe as a player. Maybe, yeah, as a player. And yeah. then also, so apparently, apparently Ernie Merrick was in the conversation. Because I was thinking well, Ernie so. Merrick then, but Ernie Merrick would have won more than two championships. Well, I think he only, I think he only won two with the victory. Because oh, he didn't win one with Wellington, didn't, uh, and then they lost to the victory when he was with Newcastle. But... Big managerial changes, so we'll I see what happens it. there. Oh, could you imagine if we got Ernie Merrick on the pod? Ernie Merrick that is would a be huge. Gent. That, that would be huge. And again, yeah. I, I don't know if he really is linked or if it's just sort of, you Fuck know. It. Do we just get him on the pod anyway? Or just, well, I mean, or just bring not? him in one week and just like, Ernie, just want to talk about what would happen if you did coach Altona? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Great hypothetical. So we don't have anything locked in, but uh, yes, apparently Altona have sacked their manager. Very quickly, on the flip side, let's talk about Oakley. Uh, first win of the season, good for them. Similar to Heidelberg, it sees them jump into that sort of mid-table range. They're up to eighth. Again, table doesn't mean a whole lot, but it's just feels nicer, looks nicer. It's good for them, it mate. So is, uh, we've seen some good performances. It is good. Yeah. And, yeah. and look, we had, we've realistically covered the Ripper fixtures. So let's get into some of the more yeah. more boring ones because we probably didn't tip these, but <laughs> Bentley and St. Albans and Port Melbourne and South Melbourne both played out nil-nil draws. Brand, take us through the Bentley-St. Albans game. Um, yeah, it's probably not a classic, this one. It's it's not, and we can sort of steamroll through this one. Very quickly, though, you and I, we did tip a draw in this one, so this was one of our few correct tips. We'll get to that in a moment. But anyway, uh, not exactly a a, a thrilling first half. There were zero shots on target between both teams. You know, absolute classic. That's great. Uh, But, mate, I'll tell you what, the second half, by comparison, far more exciting. There were two, a massive two shots on target between the two teams. So they've just, I mean, I don't know what happened at halftime, but it really... The team talk had an effect. Anyway, uh, Bentley looked more like scoring in this one. Braden Crowley and James Exidius 
had the best chances for Bentley. George Lamb, Batteridis had a belter go just over the bar right at the death. Uh, strong result for St. Albans, though. Uh, Resolute defending, they were able to hold on. Uh, Bentley didn't have too many clear-cut chances there. Um, and another great result for the Saints coming off the back of their win over the Knights. They have two wins, one loss, and a draw so far this season. Also, quick shout-out, uh, St. Albans did the classic sub-your-goalkeeper at halftime. Vitakangas came off. I don't know if he was injured. Uh, didn't ever find that one out. But, yeah, you know, change your goalkeeper. Just a vote of my confidence. Why not? Why not? Just do it. Don't see it enough. <laughs> uh, potentially. Uh, Bentley, though, on the flip side, they would be disappointed with this, I believe. St. Albans at home is the game that they should be winning. They had more chances and they just couldn't convert any of them. So good point for the Saints. Uh, disappointing point for Bentley. And overall... Not a great game. To, oh, sorry, not a game that's going to last long in the memories of MPL Victoria. To the point of fans. that, I've pretty much already forgotten and we just finished talking about it. Um, yep. But so we haven't Tell finished about talking about it yet. Yeah, so we've got one last game to go through. Port Melbourne, South Melbourne, 0-0. And I will say it was probably mildly entertaining. It was a very nice. eventful game for the goalkeepers. So penalty given... In the first half, Andrew Withers saves it. Um, I believe it was Harrison Sawyer who had the, who was taking the penalty. So good save there. Um, chances for both sides, but some good shot stopping. So it's quite good. But then halfway through the second half, Withers charges out of his area, cleans up Sawyer, straight red card. Um, and yeah, so saves a penalty in the first half, gets sent off in the second. Bit of eventful. Love that. Yeah, sure you get a bonus for that one. Um, but it didn't really feel like a nil-nil game, if I'm honest with you. There were lots of chances and challenges and it's quite a heated affair. I was really surprised that – I wasn't surprised it was a red card. I was very surprised it was Withers because uh, he just really was being a goalkeeper. He wasn't being too hot-headed, whereas there were a couple of hot heads in the midfield. Um, but, look, it's one of those ones where South probably should have made more of their man advantage. I don't think they had any really meaningful – I had chances sort of being created, but they didn't have any shots on target in the last 20 minutes. And to have a man advantage, you should probably be doing that. So, you know, it's one of those ones where I'd probably say South Melbourne probably would. I'm putting a little bit more blame on this one being a bit of a nil-nil draw boring game. But Bran, what are your thoughts? Good point for both teams or points dropped? Uh, probably points dropped for South, I would have thought. You know, a man advantage, you'd be backing yourself to win those games. Uh, for Port Melbourne, you know, to be able to hang on, being down a player and, and get a point, you know, that's not so bad for them. Uh, we didn't tip a draw in this one, but this had sort of nil or draw written all over it in the end. So, I mean, good point for Port, disappointing pro- points for South. In, uh, in my opinion, but uh, they've always struggled with putting the ball in the back of the net. They've sort of somewhat remedied that this season, but definitely still worth it. I think they remedied, remedied it in like one game, and we were probably a bit too early to jump the gun with saying that. Well, and I think Sawyer headed that home with yeah, his back. Same. So. I mean, they all count. Um, while we're um, on the topic of counting, mate, let's tips. run through. What? No, we're not doing tips yeah. now. No, we're going to talk about our results, Oh, mate. yeah, sure. So, yeah. That reca- so that recaps all the games. Uh, so we had a good first week in our in our tips, and we have backed that up with a uh, terrible week, mate. We tipped one, Jesus one out of God. seven this week. We correctly correctly picked Bentley and St. Albans to have a draw, but that was not the to turn only correct. Uh, not to had. create division in this pod. I mean, there already is because you're a grub when you vote for the kit bag segment from three accounts, but... <laughs> Um, who voted specifically for that draw? Like, do we remember if it was a me or you vote? The draw, which one? The, the one pick that we oh, got. This which one? The one that we got right. I believe it was you. I believe it was you. But it was also you who talked us into a draw between Danny City and Avenue. Anyway, we will, we are a team. We won't. We won't divide ourselves here on the pod. Uh, quick shout out though. Uh, I told you last week that uh, my mum had joined in. In the tipping competition, Mum had a difficult first week, but she has surged back. Mum tipped God three this it. week. Three. Why are we three. so bad a, at this? Great... Mum is so good at this. I... Yeah, I don't know. Does she She's pick any draws, or she doesn't? Three. She doesn't go for draws, does she? She think draws is just devil's money. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. To pick a draw, um, I, I, I did tell her that. I said, you know, you can pick a draw, and she said, no, I don't want to. I just want results. And I was like, you know what, mum? That, Fair that kind of That's results of focused want. outcome gets results. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, so uh, which ones did she, she tip the Knights to win? Well done, tipped Avondale and and picked Oakley. So well, well done, mum. Mum got three. We got one. <laughs> um, so room to improve for us, mate. We'll get into our tips though. Later on, do we want to have a quick look at the uh, quick look? Yeah, at the let's last? do it. And we've got Knights breaking away there, top spot on nine points, and then a little bit of a glut of teams. So on seven points, we've got Green Gully, Avondale, Bentley Greens, and St Albans Saints. Um, in sixth, on six points, like the symmetry of that one, South Melbourne. Uh, on five points, we've got Heidelberg United, Oakley Cannons, and Hume City. Then we start to get into the tail end of the table. Dan Nung Thunder, Port Melbourne, Eastern Lions, all on four points. And in 13th and 14th position is Altona on three points and Dandenong City on one. It's not looking pretty for Dandenong City. But, yeah, that rounds out the table. Brand, do you want to run us through as well? We did have an exciting draw as well for round two of the Nike FC Cup, uh, the Women's yeah. Cup competition in Victoria. So talk us through this one. Yeah, very exciting. The uh, the draw for round two was done. The round two games are going ahead this weekend as well, which is very, very exciting. We did tweet out the full list of fixtures. There are 24 of them. We won't read through all of them. Uh, the NPL, uh, WNPL teams are yet to make an appearance in the Nike FC Cup, but we have seen, I think it's VPL, which is the new second tier. I think those teams are coming in. So we have tweeted out the uh, the image for all the fixtures in that one, which is going to be very, very exciting. Looking forward to that for the Nike FC Cup. Great to see Nike get on board. Great to see it uh, get a run again in 2021. Yeah, and I wonder what we have to do to be the people that pick the balls out of the jar. Oh, uh, I think that's a goal for the pod. I reckon if we can be that's, involved that's in a draw, it. that would be heaven. Oh, that's a big shout. I don't know what you have to do. Probably just but, email I mean, them, got, if I'm honest with you. It's going to say we got media passes. Uh, that wasn't the only draw that was done. We also had round four for the FFA Cup come out earlier this week as well. Very exciting. This is the first. NPL. Sorry, yeah, this is, the, this is the draw where NPL teams come in, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, again, there's 32 fixtures in this one, so we won't read through them all. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to read through 32. Uh, some of the ones that stand out, though, Green Gully will take on Dandenong Thunder. Old Scotch taking on Melbourne Knights. That'll be, a, that'll be a good one as well. I think Richmond SC taking on Dandenong City. Trying to see who else have we got. Altona North taking on St. Albans. South Springvale taking on Eastern Ballarat Lions. City versus Altona could be quite a good one. And also Geelong. Taking oh, on yeah, Brunswick yeah. City. Happy with that? Yes. There's just some rip yeah, yeah, City will take fixtures on in there. Sydenham. Yeah, Avondale, Bo Morris, Berwick City taking on Port Melbourne, and Werribee City taking on South Melbourne, Mazanod Football Club, Oakley Cannons, and I th- oh, sorry, Nutter Wanning City taking on Heidelberg. I love how we United. said we weren't going to uh, read through them, and then we sorry. just read through all of them. No, no, no. No, no, I read through all the ones with the MPL teams in them, not all... 32 fixtures. The one that jumps out, sorry, and it's the last one we mentioned, Bentley Green's taking on Essendon Royals. That could be very tasty. Essendon Royals do have a bit of cash. They are pretty good for a uh, for a state league side, but that is the FFA Cup draw. You are right. Said we weren't going to read through them. Ended up reading through quite a few, but that was just the NPL ones. As we said, mate, we have tweeted out the full list of fixtures. So take a look. FFA Cup, I believe it's uh, being played over the Easter long weekend. Yeah, cool. Love that for us. Um, I also love that we're at the end of part one. That is the review segment done. So we'll take a quick break and you can join us back very shortly for part two of the Semi-Pro Potty. And welcome back to part two of the Semi-Pro Potty. This is the bit where we loosen the belts and talk about the grand world of football that it is. We kick it off every week, Branson, with the That So Semi-Professional segment. So what have you got, mate? What's semi-professional from the world of football that you liked this week? I've got three 
three here, and uh, some of them do tie in quite nicely to the semi-professional elements of semi-professional football. The first one, mate, I held off talking about it in the Eastern Lions, Dan and Ong Thunder game. It was probably the biggest talking point of the game. Uh, so you and I have a love-hate relationship with our polls in the broadcast uh, that, that crop up. Yep. Polls interrupting broadcast footage. Yep. Great. One of our favourite yep. segments, yeah. Yep, we saw last week as well, Dan and Ong Thunder had a random head crop up. Uh, Eastern Lions have gone, we see ya, uh, we're going to one-up ya. And they had a ginormous tree blocking out sort of the near side right-hand corner flag. Uh, it's just right in the middle of the broadcast. Anytime the ball went down there, the tree blocks off, prob- well, half the screen. So it was only a small section of the pitch. But when the camera panned there, it blocked off a whole lot. So it was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I do know for a fact as well that FV sent someone out to have a look at all the facilities and the camera um, infrastructure at venues. So I, I'm sure that they would have noticed the tree. And I, Easter Mines just, I don't know didn't do anything about it or whatever. I don't know how they didn't see that would be an issue. But, you know, it was fantastic. Absolutely love it. Um, Very semi-professional, you know. Poles, heads, and now giant trees in broadcast, mate. Yep. Um, I've just got one thing in semi-professional this week. I mean, I could also extend it to us faffing about for two hours trying to report a podcast as Mm. if it's our first ever episode. You Mm. would have thought we'd figured this out by now. Um. Us getting one tip right, I think for yeah. a podcast that pertains to know a lot about NPL football, that's fucking derisible. Like, I'm it's- not happy with us for that. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, we have got a chance to redeem ourselves, but you are correct. Uh, that is very on the semi side of professional. We will look to redeem ourselves. i got two more to get through, mate. Uh, I saw on, on Twitter fantastic videos, so... I'm taking us round the world, mate. We're going to Vietnam. Great country. Have been there before. Loved it. Anyway, uh, Vietnamese soccer is what we what I want to talk about here. Uh, there was a game where a goalkeeper was uh, gave away a penalty. Referee blew for a penalty, penalised the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper was not happy with it, remonstrated with the referee. He was livid. Uh, goalkeeper goes on to save the penalty and then to celebrate he gets up, he runs at the referee and does a knee slide right in front of him after saving the penalty. Fantastic. Top class shithousery. Good shithousery, yeah. yeah. It's just it's just peak shithousery, um, isn't it? Huge balls. I don't know, like, what a thing to do. Like, that was absolutely um, ridiculous. Uh, there is one other thing, thing that I was trying to talk talk about and I can't find it. I had it in one of my tabs. It was the NPL2 game. Coming on, hang on, I'm buying time as I go through my tabs. Where is it? I'm in round two. I need round one. This is great podcasting, oh, Brandon. Nice. Do you know what? This is really semi-professional. <laughs> it is. I just realized I didn't have my tab open. I tried to click on round one and it's now trying to get me to sync the calendar to my, the fixture to my calendar and I don't yeah, want to do that. Yeah, I don't think that. you get this one. Let's move on to the what we like segment. You've missed out. Oh. If you're not going to prepare for the pod, you don't get to do things. I'm sorry. You've got to, you need some firm parenting in this scenario. So, this is well, why do I need stepping it? in and telling you you've been. Well, good news. My tab is open. I'm back. Here we go. I want to talk about the Kingston City, Werribee City game in NPL2. Just a quick shout out. Uh, both teams had one red card, and then on top of that, there were 11 yellow cards dished out during this game as well. Kingston City had four. Werribee City had seven. Seven players get a yellow card, 11 yellow cards, and two red cards. Absolutely fantastic. Kingston City won 4-1. Also, according to the FV website as well, uh, Geronardus got sent off for... Kingston in the 25th minute, but then they also have him scoring a goal <laughs> in the 87th minute. So I Shit. don't know how referee, that. That is so the definition of referee losing control of a match, isn't it? Player being sent off yeah. 50 minutes before he gets sco- before he scores. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So 11, 11 uh, yellow cards, two red cards, five goals. What a game. Uh, nominate me for that so semi-professional as well for not having that tab ah, open. Right. Look, it's very but, uh, on brand for our podcast. On, uh, things that we liked, um, let's run through it. I really liked, for two reasons, Danny Vukovic's send-off from fans. 
for one reason, A, it's nice that it's always nice to see Australian footballers overseas being loved because I always like to think that I can go to that city or town at some point and say that I'm Australian and they'll turn to me and be like, oh, Danny Vukovic. And I'm like, yeah, Vukovic, yeah, and you make friends through that. It's great. But I also love it that it's in a really, like, kind of packed apartment area and neighbours must just be like, the mm. fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah, and also how do they know where he lives? I don't know. Like, that's great too. But, yeah, out the front of his house, he plays for Genk in Belgium. He's coming back to spend time with his family. And, yeah, just outside his house with flares and banners, it was fantastic to see. Yeah. Took photos with him. Great shout, mate. Absolutely love that. Speaking of Australian goalkeepers overseas, something that I saw on Twitter that I like, Mitch Langerak, absolutely crushing it in Japan. He set the record last year for uh, most clean sheets in a single season. Six games in, he's kept five clean sheets in a row as well. Uh, the only goal he's conceded so far was from an own Which goal. Which for mine so is worse than, like, I'd rather he concedes yeah. more than one goal, but it's not an own goal. Yeah, so gives up an own goal in his first game and then keeps five clean sheets after that. So big shout-out to him. Uh, mate, we are truly worldwide this week. We've been to Vietnam, we've been to Belgium, we've been to Japan. We're now going to Russia. Russian football, second division. We had SKA Karborovsk. They flew 9,000 kilometres to Kalingrad, a 12-and-a-half-hour domestic internal flight. People call, uh, what is it, Perth, the Wellington, distance the derby. distance yeah, derby. Yeah, no, this is a... Yeah, so Kabarovsk uh, flew 12-and-a-half hours. They lost 1-0 thanks to a penalty, uh, playing in the snow and rain, and then had to fly back home. Like so that's that. just, you know, that's fantastic. Uh, I wonder how many time zones they go through there because the distance derby would... Like- only be what four time zones, maybe? Yeah, that four, would be unless key. you're counting like, unless you're counting Queensland non daylight savings. Which one? I think Russia is, we're not. I think Russia is seven from memory. Honk. Um, yeah, so big shout out to that. 12 and a half hour internal flight to lose 1 0 to a crappy penalty in the rain and snow. Well done then. Hey, that. Mate, you've got a couple of things. Yeah, things that I love. Um, footballing infrastructure in South Australia. Um, everyone on this pod will know that I'm a. Adelaide boy, and I'm really impressed with Adelaide United at the moment. A lot of young talent coming through, and a lot of that comes down to the fact that they've been investing in infrastructure and young player programs over the last decade, and we're starting to see the fruits of that. Just announced to rip a bit of infrastructure in South Australia, a nice big vat of pitches with a nice stadium and stand and everything, so that'll be great. Love footballing infrastructure. And I also, I know this is probably going to, be clipped out of context and we're going to get a lot of hate mail probably on sunrise tomorrow defending our comments. But the rain over the weekend in New wow. South Wales, watching A-League games being played in like torrential rain just kind of made me feel like the A-League has kind of reverted back to what I remember high school football being, where like it's cold, you've mm-hmm. the only supporters are your friends and family around you and you're just all wanting to not be there and it's just teeming down with rain. You go to the manager pre-kickoff and you're like, hi, can I wear track suits in this one because it's freezing and wet and you're not allowed to. you got to wear the kit. Yeah. So that has made me kind of feel like a nice bridging of the gap between the A-League and high school football. Yeah, it really is proper football weather. The floods are pretty serious yeah, there. Thoughts so and prayers for everyone from out there. Yeah. Point of view, yeah, it is pretty full on, so we won't delve into that uh, too much, but... Uh, we will move on, mate. One thing that I saw that I really liked as well, uh, the Central Coast Mariners were playing Melbourne City at Amy Park this week. The Golden Valley Suns, the home of Alu Kowal, he is from Shepparton, played for the Golden Valley Suns. Uh, they hired a bus, uh, I think it was two buses, sorry, filled them up with spectators, drove them down to Melbourne to watch Alu Kowal in the City Mariners game. It was That's fantastic. Right. There was a... They were in a section. It was really weird because I was watching the broadcast and then, like, uh, you could hear Melbourne City keeper Tom Glover getting, like, not heckled, but, like, uh, you know, when he takes a goal kick or the ball gets back for us, like, the whoa. I'm like, it's a City home game. Why is Glover being heckled by this sudden a massive Central Coast away fans? Uh, and it was them. So big shout-out shout to Golden Valley for doing that. Great initiative, and they hung out after the game as well to uh, to meet him. Very quickly, one last thing that I like, MPL 2 and MPL 3 are back. I mentioned the Kingston-Werribee game. That was pretty crazy, but uh, it's just great to see more of the footballing pyramid in Victoria 
take action and bring on more NPL. We love it, mate. We do. Um, one other thing that we loved from this week. Yeah. Branson, how big of a City fan are you? How long have you been a City fan for? Like, what, talk, talk to me about this. Been a City fan since day one. Back to Melbourne Heart Roots, went to their first ever game, mm-hmm. first ever derby. So, uh, lifelong so, City fan, yeah. life of the club. So Amy life Park for you is like home, really. You know, Amy yeah, Park is, is where you have your fond memories of yep. Melbourne City. Now, what would you do yeah. to score two goals at the City home end? What would I do? What do you mean? Yeah, like what? Like how much? How much freedom and happiness in your life would would that bring? Oh, not much. I don't think. Not oh, much, I, I think you're think. lying. Oh, that's what I don't. I don't <laughs> like. Right. Um, Can I just so, say I'm, I'm I'm surprised it's taking you this long to mention it because this is this is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so on Monday night, uh, took the new workmates to the football Central Coast Melbourne City Ripper of a game. Who was the halftime entertainment? William Chambers was the halftime entertainment. That's who. Slotted two excellent penalties at the city home end. Won a jacket, won some membership tickets. Did a shout out to the city terrace as well. So, Branson, the thing that I like this week is that I have scored two more goals than you at Amy Park, and I cannot see that number changing in a long time. (laughs) Well, you have got the video of this as well. I think your mate filmed it. Uh, Well done to you. One penalty bottom corner. Very nice, and the other top bins as well. Uh, my my question for you though, mate, was they would have had you on the mic, right? Did you plug the pod? Didn't plug the pod. Didn't plug my work. So oh. I'm more than two there. So yeah, they um yeah got absolutely picked on for that. But um, it's now and time. Shout out as yeah. well. Just a quick shout out to uh, FNR's Lockie Flanagan, one of the NPL Victoria commentators. Works at Football Nation Radio. He's a City fan as well. I saw him at FNR for Avenger Radio. First thing he said to me was, uh, is that William who was at the half shot? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was, mate. So you were reckoning. Well done to you. Um, yeah, well done, mate. That was great. It was great fun. Um, now, look, this is my new favourite part of it, which is instead of me picking on you about certain things, we kind of pick on each other. Um, have you have you prepped this? Have you prepped your part of this this, this week? I, yeah, okay, yeah so I have. Cool, cool, cool. I prep it. I prep it and I don't put it in the run yeah, sheet. I don't put it in the run sheet anyway. You're a grub. Hey, you're a grub. You're a grub. You're a grub. Um, you're a grub. No, because right, I put mine in there last So you got to look at it. I'm going to go first because I'm really happy with mine. Yeah. So we've established you okay. know nothing about movies. Okay. Mm, okay. So what I've done is I have put together a list of, it's a versus, so I'm going to say two names. And one of them is a footballer and one of them is an actor. And you have to tell me which one oh, is no. a footballer and which one is an actor. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, this is, okay. okay. Yep. So anything movie related. I don't dislike movies. I just don't know nothing exactly about them. exactly why okay. this yep. part of the show was great. Okay. So Branson. That's right. I'm jeeing myself one. up. I, I'll let's do go. a simple right. one. So I'm going to say two names. Uh, yep. Let's say um, Fernando yep. Torres and Brad Pitt. And you've got to say the name of the person who you yep. think is the footballer. Okay, you're great. Cool. I'm also going to. Yep. Okay. Cool. 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 The first pairing that you have is Ennio Van de Graal versus James Van de Beek. Can you repeat? Ennio Van de Graal and James Van de Beek. James Van de Beek is a footballer. He definitely would have. Belted a few into the back of the net during his time playing in the Eredivisie in the whole. So your vote 100%. is James Van Der Beek. Yep. Ennio Van Der Gaal is a footballer for FC Twenty. Currently plays in the Eredivisie. Oh, James no. Van Der Beek is famous for being in Dawson's Creek. Oh, damn, I was close. I had the right country, you know, Dutch Eredivisie. Oh, yeah, the so. probably gave it away. Um, oh, yeah, fair. Nil for Branson. <laughs> Next one. Oh, dear. Okay. Javier Bardem versus Alfonso Pedraza. Ha- Is he, are, these, are these well-known actors? Mm-hmm. Well, people have heard of them. Are you, are I mean, you, yes, sometimes, sure. Like, I, w- I, I mean, are you palming okay, off super okay, niche okay. actors? James Van Der Beek and- was in Dawson's Creek, one of the biggest TV shows of the 90s, 2000s era. 
Never seen it. Yeah, but you also haven't seen like fucking Pulp Fiction. Like I can't. Well, be- I've never heard of. I've never heard of Jaws. Anyway, I'll say the two names again. Yeah, Javier yeah. Bardem versus Alfonso Pedraza. Alfonso has to be the name of an actor. Sure. Never heard. Never never heard of a footballer named Alfonso. Okay. Alfonso Pedraza plays for Villarreal currently. Javier Bardem. Does he? Damn it. Yeah. Javier Bardem <laughs> is in a Bond film, mate. <sighs> He's in Skyfall. Great actor. Vicky Cristina Barcelona. No Country for Old Men. So many films. Pretty sure he's won an Academy seen, Award. I have not seen any of those three that you just said. I have not. Damn. Okay, so I'm 0 for 2. How many more of these have we got? I've got, I've got three more. Okay, let's go. Let's get through them. I've got to get one. Okay, sure. Your next pairing is Ingrid Bergman versus Thomas Bergman. Or actually, I'd say Ingrid Bergman versus Thomas Bergman. Hmm, I'm doing some thinking. It's not Bert Camp. No, I'm gonna, correct. I'm going I'm I'm to say. So you don't get a half point for that. <laughs> Ingrid's the actor. Branson, you've got one. Ingrid Bergman is indeed a female yes! actor in Casablanca. I haven't seen that either. Thomas Bergman, for reference, has four caps for Sweden. I Great. only picked the same last name. Not a notable footballer. Cool. Um, next one. We've got your pairing is Daniel Brühl versus Nicholas Stark. Nick, I'll give, yeah. Well, yeah. Nicholas Stark, when he's not in Game of Thrones as the forgotten Stark sibling. Good, yes. Acting in other films, I reckon. And TV Nicholas, shows. Nicholas Stark plays for her to Berlin. Daniel Brühl is in Inglorious Bastards, Goodbye Lennon, and I believe also one of the Bourne films. Bummer. Mm. Nicholas Stark. Now, your Jeez. last one. Branson. <laughs> yeah. Clement Michelin versus Danny Boone. Clement Michelin versus Danny Boone. You can't Google it. One more time, please. One more. No, I'm not Googling it. How would I Google this? I can't You're in front of a laptop. How wouldn't you Google it? Yeah. I'll, I'll, say, it in the, I'll say it in a very English pronunciation. Clement Michelin. Yeah just, yeah, just give me one more. Clement Michelin. Yeah. Danny Boone. Danny Boone's going to be a footballer. Danny Boone is your vote. Danny Boone is a French actor and yeah. director famous for Bienvenue Le Chetit. Oh, for bloody hell. <laughs> one out of five, oh, no. so One out one, of five. One. I liked that one. Oh, that was a lot dear. of fun. That was really good. Um, that was tough. I would like to know if other people listening to this podcast have heard of any of these people, either as footballers or, or Ca- actors. Casablanca, uh, one of the biggest films of all time, Academy Award winner in a Bond film, Dawson's Creek, Inglorious Bastards. Danny Boone, I'll admit, is niche, but hey, whatever. I write the rules. I can do what I want. Fair. Uh, so I got one out of five. All right. So now it's 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 my turn for uh, my segment as well when I quiz I quiz you. It's a little bit of a different format. I'm going to read out four team names, and you have to identify which of them is not. A, uh, a a a real professional football club sure. is that's that's the way that's the way it goes. So I've got a couple here for you, mate. The first one is Anti Drug Strikers <laughs> FC. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> anti Drugs Strikers oh, FC. So good. I've got Outcast FC. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So I'm not versing. I've got to say whether or not they're real or fake. No, no, okay, no. cool. Read through all four. Read oh, through I've, all four. I'm reading, I'm reading four, okay. and you've got to pick the one fake one okay, out. Great. So uh, we've got Outcast FC. That's great. The, the Anti-Drugs Strikers FC. We've got Enfuego CF. Enfuego CF. 
or the Cape Coast Mysterious Abusa Dwarfs. <laughs> so oh, the Cape God. Coast Mysterious Abusa Dwarfs, Anti-Drug Strikers FC, and Fuego CF, or Outcast FC. Which one of those is not a real professional football oh, I really want this to come up on like who wants to be a millionaire and for then that person to be like yeah I'm going to phone a friend like what yeah, friend would you call phone, for this I mean probably they'd us, phone us yeah, fair and call. anyone who's listened to this podcast who's about to know the answer um, okay so I've already forgotten the name so can you go through the first, like one and then I'll say whether or not it's true or false okay cool. uh, I can't remember what order I did them in first uh, uh, no, no sorry uh, here we go anti-drug strikers FC that is 100% a football club uh, Outcast FC. Outcast is not a football club. And Fuego CF. Draw? No, that's and a football club. Why not? And the last one, Cape Coast Mysterious Abusa Dwarfs. I just want it to be a club. So for mine, it's a club. So I, I'm one- pretty sure my third answer is wrong, but I'm so, not so, so you're saying you're saying Outcast FC not a club. And yeah. Fuego CF is a club. Yeah, I'd like to change that one, but I've already committed to it. All right. Well, we'll go through it. So Cape Coast Mysterious Abusa Dwarfs, they are indeed a club. They play, <laughs> they play in Ghana, founded in 1939. They reached uh, the oh, first good. round. Uh, yeah, apparently they have a really cool stadium. Um, yeah. How so do we get a jersey? Yeah, go on. Come on. Uh, anti anti drug strikers FC are indeed a real club. They play yes. in Sierra Leone, uh, which is great. Um, yeah, so that's a good name for them. Outcast FC. They are a real club. They are a top really? flight, top flight women's team from the Philippines. Outcast Outcast spelled with a K. Oh, yeah, I was thinking that's why I thought you were trying to pick a niche band that you thought I wouldn't know, but everyone knows Outcast. So, and and Fuego you know Outcast, C- by the way, nah, mate, no, and 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 Fuego and Fuego CF, uh, they are fake. They were the number yeah. one answer when you Google fake soccer team names. They come up first, <laughs> apparently. So I thought uh, that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, so... Uh, mate, that's a riff. I really like that part of the same. I don't, know if, I don't know if listeners like it, but it just it feels feels right. Um, well, that's Fran, right. Look, let's wrap this bad Test boy up. Uh, very time. quickly, one last thing. Oh, yeah. Ooh, okay. I'm wrapping it up. I was going to tell you that there's actually 11 time zones in Russia, not seven, but that's I'm running out of time, yeah. so I won't... T- that's a lot of time, 11. Anyway. Take it away. Sorry for interrupting. No, that's all right. I, I always like to close off the weird t- tangential threads that we have in this podcast, so that's good work. Um, good work as well for this weekend's fixtures. Friday night, the sole fixture is Oakley Cannons hosting Green Gully. Woo. Then on Saturday, Brand, we've got like, what, five fixtures? Do you want to read these ones through to us? We sure do. 3.15, we have Avondale FC taking on the Melbourne Knights at Avenger Park. At 5 o'clock, St. Albans Saints will host the Eastern Lions. 6.30 at Paisley Park, Altona Magic taking on South Melbourne. Dandenong Thunder taking on Port Melbourne at 7pm. And then the last game on the Saturday night is Hume City facing off against Bentley Greens at ABD Stadium at 7.30pm. Mate, the last game on the Sunday, Heidelberg United playing host to Dandenong City. Hopefully that one's at Olympic Village from everything that I've heard it will be, uh, which will be exciting. First game back at Olympic Village for Heidelberg. Um, mate, what's your pick of the bunch? There are some mighty tasty games in there. And for us as well, some tough ones to tip. Yeah, so Avondale versus Knights definitely stands out. Um, yeah, I think Avondale Knights. You can't look past that. Three o'clock at it. Avenger yep. Park, which I hate saying, but sure, it's what it's called. What yep. about you? Uh, first, 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 third, that one. Um, I, literally, all of them. Stop saying that. You say um, that every week. You cannot honestly I, think that Dandenong Thunder versus Port Melbourne is going to be a great fixture. Like It is. Well, it's an in, well, sorry, intriguing relegation zone sort of battle down there. I think they're all going to be very interesting. The one that stands out for me, Hume City Bentley Greens. You know, picking a different one mm-hmm. from Avondale Knights, Hume City Bentley Greens is going to be very, very good as well. I think both teams 
neither have really looked as good as we think they can be. So maybe one of them will show us something. Uh, But, mate, we've done our tips, and this time we we had a discussion before we recorded (laughs) to go go through our tips. Panicking, yeah. Panicking and arguing. Yeah. Yeah. So to our listeners, we are trying to improve the quality of our podcast. So, uh, mate, do you want to read through our tips? I absolutely do. So the Oakley Cannons Green Gully game, we are putting a draw for that. Oakley Cannons Mm. Green Gully will be a draw. Mm. Avondale versus Knights. Got to pick Avondale for that one. We were pretty unanimous with it. St. Albans Saints versus Eastern Lions. We've gone with the Saints. Um, Altona Magic versus South Melbourne. We have put Snorefest, Drawfest, (laughs) Boarfest. So we can almost put a bet on that being nil-nil draw. Um, Dandenong Thunder versus Port Melbourne. We're picking the Thunder. Hume City versus Bentley Greens. We're going with Hume. Bounce back after their shockish defeat. And Heidelberg United, Dandy City. We're going for Heidelberg with that one. Bran, are you happy with those? I, I think I am. I mean, it, there are some really tricky ones to to tip in there. I think Avondale Knights is the one that I would be least certain about, to be entirely mm-hmm. honest in there. I really – the Knights have played really, really well so far this season. They always scoring get goals. Up. Yeah. yeah, they always get up and about against Avondale as well. It is a big rivalry game, which is good to see. Hopefully there's a big crowd out there. I know the Knights fans travel well. Hopefully, though, everyone gets out to a game this weekend. Hopefully the weather's a little bit nicer than it has been recently, a uh, bit more sunshine, a little bit less rain. It's Mate, it's going to be another great week of MPL Victoria football. Hopefully uh, everyone gets to go to a game and everyone enjoys it. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, look, it has also been fantastic, Branson, catching up with you this week and going through all the games. I look forward to seeing you at games this weekend. I'm at Chambershire on Instagram. Uh, Branson, you're at Branson Gibson on Twitter. We have got an Instagram and Twitter account at SemiProPotty. Please hit us up. Let us know what games you're going to. And look, tell us what you think of the show. We like the feedback. We're always willing to accommodate. If it's too long, if it's too short, let us know. As always, keep being semi-professional. And thank you very much for joining us for this Match Day 4 episode of the Semi-Pro Potty. Bye.